0: The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Raleigh Sussex. It's a quarter past two. It's that um that um watch watchma call it, bizzo. Uh, it's the time of the day when Professor Raleigh Sussex from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland is with you to talk about words, language, and linguistics and other dovalackies. One three hundred triple two six twelve is the phone number you can call on your Thingamabob. That's one three hundred triple two six twelve. And Rolly, I want to kick off our chat this afternoon mm-hmm. about all-purpose nouns, uh, of which I hope I've used a select few of typically Australian ones. But we'll we'll get into that in a moment mm-hmm. by asking you about this word I've only just recently learned—a mm-hmm. word that seems to come from Philadelphia in the United States and is found kind of only in Philadelphia, in the United States. Mm -hmm. A word that they use there to describe or or speak of just about anything. Mm -hmm. The ultimate all-purpose word. John?
1: Jawn. Yawn? jawn
0: Jawn. JAWN. What is right. this? What is this? Tell me more.
1: Uh, okay, it's Philadelphia. It's possibly a little bit of Eastern Pennsylvania outside Philadelphia but not much. And it's it's an all-purpose word can refers to anything at all. Would you put some jawn on my bread please? Put some jawn on that jawn? Uh, And the funny thing is that whenever you use it, it's got to be clear from context what you're referring to. Otherwise, you're going to get into trouble. But people in Philadelphia seem to have no trouble at all. In using it, uh, it's possibly coming come from the word joint, although p- exactly how isn't clear. People in New York say that they invented it, and the people in Philadelphia <laughs> say that
0: they invented it. Of course, it. those New Yorkers would, wouldn't
1: they? They, they would. Yeah. Well, they grab everything. So, and and that's what it is. It's it's been around. It's been in films and stuff. It's been it's it's known to be a particular word of a particular place in the U.S. It hasn't reached Australia, and I don't like its chances. I think it's a bit too broad.
0: It's just so interesting. Because it made me think about all of the words that aren't really the words uh, that you're trying to find, Mm -hmm. but you use them anyway, and they do a pretty good job of communicating whatever it is you're trying to communicate. Yeah. But jawn is—it's is, sort of just like the one word that does the job of all of the different words that we might use in Australian English.
1: And I would have thought that that would be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, because there are too many possible things, and when you use it twice in one sentence, that's even worse. Now, I, I looked this up on the on the web, and, and there are various phrases where you've got two jawns in a sentence and referring to different things, and you think, now hang on a moment. You know, this is getting beyond the point where a word can reasonably refer to something and be understood, even in context.
0: Jay. A-w-n. A-W-N. John, if you happen to hail from that part of the world or if you've got some more intelligence on the subject, we'd love to hear from you. If you know about John, uh, if you use the word John, just be curious to hear your point of view. one three hundred triple 612 is the phone number, Rolly.
1: It's worse than that. Oh, no, There's really? one, one usage side, John, which means someone with whom a speaker cheats on. With his or her other.
0: So it's something you spread on toast or someone you have an affair with. Apparently. This is just so Or more confusing. as anything else.
1: <laughs> So I, I don't recommend it, and I don't like its chances of doing well in Australia because we like playing with language. But if you're going to play with language, you've got to have something for it to refer to clearly. Okay. And this does not.
0: Well, let's talk about our all-purpose words. Our all-purpose Rolly. words.
1: Well, you used quite a few, and and some of these I've, I've I think are probably much wider than just Australian. Thingamabob and thingamajig. Uh, interestingly, these are, are usually quite long. Thingamere is three syllables. Um, what not, a what not or a what's it? What's it? What's a doodle? Uh, what's a doodle? Yeah, doodle. Yeah, doodad from America, dingus, D-I-N-G-U-S, which you wouldn't hear much here at all. Um, and then there's a thingy and a thingo.
0: Yeah, definitely thingy definitely, and thingo.
1: yeah. And gidget.
0: Oh, yeah. So, gidget isn't really, I, was, I guess, but is gizmo a Gizmo, gizmo is definitely there is as a... well, oh, yes. right.
1: And, um, if you're talking about people then what's his name what's his face what's her name what's her face old mate old mate interestingly these have not yet gone gender neutral you don't have a what's their face as far as i'm aware so what's his name what's her name watch this space ah yes indeed um what do you call it Ujima flip an Ujima flip yeah that's fantastic a jigger a knick-knack uh, a gadget a doofa All right. And for people, again, gubbins and muggins?
0: Do for... Makes sense to me because it's like it'll do for now. Yes, it'll do for the purpose. It's a doofer. Yes, do for That's, you what you need it. You can actually
1: scrabble back to to try and work out where it might have come but from. But
0: how on earth we got to some of these
1: other ones? Oh goodness knows. Uh, I would guess. Well, some one of them I can tell you about, which is bric-a-brac, which means sort of bits and bits and pieces of rubbish. Okay. Um, it, it comes from French, and the French in French is "a bric et abrac, brac," which means to this way and to that way, and it just means at random. So we've picked up a phrase in French which means at random, and we've turned it into a noun. For random things. <laughs> for random things, little <laughs> bits and pieces of this and that which you might find at an op shop or something, bric-a-brac.
0: Very interesting. Um, Michael, you're at Tally. You're listening to this and probably thinking of a couple of your own choice all-purpose nouns. Mate, what have you got? Hello?
1: Well, I'm thinking of the sort of things that you might hear from someone giving you directions from the bottom of the ladder, and these are measurements, and they're Tad, uh, Smidgen, or Poofteenth. Now, the challenge for Roly is to assemble them in the order of graduation.
0: <laughs> what uh, bigger, a figure, a Tad or a Smidgen? Yeah, that's a good a question. A
1: Smidgen or a Poofteenth, or put that to the right, you know, that's when you're trying to level a, a painting on the wall or something.
0: Yes, we need to be
1: a Smidgen up to the right. Um, smidgen and Poofteenths are measurements of unknown smallness. Um, I first heard it, heard it from a photographic friend, friend of mine who said, I sent him a picture that I'd taken, and he said, this is really quite good, but I've had to adjust the saturation of 15th." And I thought, wait a moment, you're yeah, all all right. Uh, and he said, well, uh, would smidgen do? And I said, that doesn't help me at all. I <laughs> want to know how you did it and what you did to my picture, because it looks better. So no, thank you, Michael. Those, those measurements are good. And what, the first one was pad? Uh, tad. Oh, tad, yes. Tad, I think, would, would possibly
0: be a little bit larger. Than a smidgen. Mm. I mean, is this is this how does this reflect your own understanding of the uh, the sizing here, Michael? Well, I've put them in the order of tad,
1: smidgen, and puffteenth as the small being the smallest measurement. That's that's when you you've exhausted the 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 two former ones. Yeah, I think smidgen has got an it vowel in it, and these are quite often associated with smaller things. You know, particularly you no know, ducky and 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 so on when e and e are diminutives. And I would regret a tad. Tad could be actually quite a substantial, you no, know, several inches.
0: Well, um, I'm thinking so. about when when people ask for a tad more wine in mm. the glass, and a tad tends to be fill it to the top, please. <laughs> you give, you well, give the, them an inch, uh, and they'll be a little fourth, bit put out.
1: Yes. There's a fourth one at the bottom
0: of this, and that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, so that's when you've yeah, blown it entirely. Go back
1: to where you were. No, thanks for those. I'd missed out the measurements. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. I shall have Michael. to stand at the uh, bottom of a ladder again and see what I can do for the person up the top.
0: One three hundred triple two six twelve is the phone number. We're concentrating our conversation about language and linguistics with Professor Rowley Sussex this afternoon on those all-purpose words uh bizzo thingo gidget i heard i heard gidget so that's gadget but not gadget it's gidget
1: yeah there there was of course inspector gadget and gidgets and things um some people think that 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 gidget is is um some specific sort of thing i don't think so For me, gidget is is general purpose and non-specific
0: mark at gumloo in north queensland you got a couple of all-purpose aussie words for us mark hello
1: yeah hello yeah what um, have you got yeah. my old man used to always have a sign a paddy shot at if we went
0: fishing to we caught nothing,
1: and then there was another one who used to say is an Ujah? oh yes, and another one hanky with his eye cut now so I don't know where they come from, but I remember them as a kid yeah i've heard you, I've heard ujar, but I can't know can you can you put put them in a sentence for us? <laughs> Oh, not really. I used to say, what's that, Dad? And he'd say, that's an uja. Ah, okay. In other words, it's a sort of thing, um, I'm not going to tell you what the real word is or I don't know it.
0: Okay. Was it was this
1: when he didn't know or when he was just trying to lead you astray? Ah, oh, it have been
0: both. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just wondering, Rolly, uja, if, yeah, if this kind of yeah. relates to another word that's come, come through this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um wigwam, wigwam.
1: Ah, that's, that's quite com- complicated and, and actually quite uncertain. Um, it's sometimes a wham for a goose's bridle. Okay. And it's sometimes a wigwam for a goose's bridle.
0: And is that when you're trying to sort of be mysterious, you don't want to give whoever's asking a question about a particular thing an answer that's direct.
1: That's right. Particularly, right. you know, if a child asks you about something, you know, what's this, you know, and it's something that you don't actually want to declare a knowledge of.
0: Mind your own business.
1: Mind your own business, go away, leave me alone, but it, it, it can also mean I simply don't know, you know. And so you, instead of admitting ignorance and saying nothing at all, you say something which appears to have some kind of substance, no, wig one for a goose's bridle. And the poor child goes away thinking, Ur?
0: uh. <laughs> as Elaine at Tawanton used to frequently by the sound of it. Elaine, thank you for holding. Hello. Yeah, hello. So you remember uh, speaking with your father and receiving the goose's bridle phrase in response, do you? What happened? Yeah. He was a carpenter, mm-hmm. and you, you, we used to say to him, what you making, Dad? Yes. And he was always making a wigwam for a goose's bridle.
1: Okay, now, where was this and roughly when?
0: Uh, in Toowoomba, and uh, I'm 79 now, mm-hmm. so I was only little.
1: Okay, and so yeah. early 60s, now later it's, it's
0: a really old saying, must be. Uh,
1: oh, yes, no this, this one has been around for centuries, and it's certainly originally British, and it was originally Wim and I think people misheard it and put in wigwam because wigwam looked as if it was a phrase that, that suited, even though that came from North American languages to a mean, mean sort of tent. So, look, thanks for that. And it's interesting to know that was in was in favour of wigwams. Rather than whim-whams.
0: because uh, there is such a thing as a wigwam, right? Which is a, oh, yes. a, a sort of a form of shelter. Yes, it's in a it's a it's North a, America. A yeah. yeah, okay.
1: Uh, probably with a hole at the top to let the the, uh, the smoke out, and I think may, it's circular and made of I think pelts of animals. Right. Uh.
0: Fascinating stuff. Um, one of those words that you might have heard used when other words could do, but for whatever reason the speaker has chosen yeah. to utter other words. Yeah. Now, you might also use curious words like wigwam, wham, when you can't think of the right word. Yes. And that's what we're focusing on this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a couple more from your list, Rolly, please?
1: Well, there's one, you know, if, if the children say, where do babies come from and you really don't want to reveal all... Um, they're one of the... It's, It's. I think, originally British army usage. Um, up in auntie's room behind the clock or up in Annie's room behind the clock, which is an entirely fictitious location. Uh, and, you know, the child goes away. We don't have an Annie in the house. Well, we don't... That's, you know, why you can't find out where babies come from. Um, and it's, it's a way of saying... Um, you've got no business knowing, that's an improper question, I don't know, leave me alone, go away. I see. So it's all avoidance language of one kind or another, like wigwam for goose's bridal.
0: And speaking of that phrase, Dot writes on the text line, uh, "wigworm, wigwam, she's not sure how oh, it's spelled, really? is a kind of meringue sometimes put on top of bread and butter pudding. We had it at the old Roseville restaurant in New Farm. And, yeah, she remembers uh, wigworm for a goose's bridle, but definitely wigworm. Wigworm, which I have never heard before. Mm. That may be a Queensland special. If anyone
1: else has heard this one, and can give us a location and a date, please ring.
0: Please ring now, 1-300-222-612, that's the phone number, one 300 I'm Catherine Feeney, you can call me Kat, and you're with Professor Roly Sussex, our Lord of Language, you can call him Roly. Brian, you're on the Sunshine Coast. We've been speaking about those all-purpose words like bizzo, doohickey. What have you got for us, Brian? Cat,
1: I don't know whether this fits into the category of all purpose, but on one occasion, I was sitting in the back seat of a car in Portland, Maine, north of New York, in the United States. The person next to me um, said to me, would you crack the window? And I was quite unprepared for that. (laughs) And I looked at them and I couldn't believe what he said. And what he really meant was, would you wind the window down? That's first? right. Yes. Um, th- this is an Americanism. I, I heard it first all oh, when I was over there about fifteen years ago, I think, and yeah, it, caused, is a while it, back. it caused me the same kind of confusion that it did for you. Well, I didn't know whether to take my shoe off or not. <laughs> 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 the, the, the Americans and we, they. It, it was suggested by Churchill and Oscar Wilde and George Bernard Shaw that English, so England and America are two countries separated by a common language. Well, which is quite a nice way of putting it. And there are a number of phrases in America which simply don't make sense uh, in England and vice versa. Um, no, that's correct. Yeah, so you need you need to go rather carefully. And uh, it's safer to admit ignorance and ask for clarification rather than breaking the window and doing something wrong. That's what I decided to do. That's good advice. Yeah. Good on you, Brian. Good, good diplomatic answer.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Brian, on the Sunshine Coast. Chris is in Ormiston. Hello, Chris. Um, you came out to live in Australia from where in 1952? From Nottinghamshire. Aha. Uh-huh. So a speaker of the English English language. And? What did you hear? Well, we came to Australia, we emigrated, and I thought well everyone else is
1: building a house, so I'd better start building one too. Mm-hmm. But it was a bit much for me so I
0: employed the fellow next door as a carpenter. Right. And everything he said pass me that onkapringa. Oh. Per- onkapringa. This have a look at this onkapringa. So wow. everything was just Onka and I just had no idea what he was talking yeah. about. <laughs> Onka, I would Onca. struggle too. I mean, I, I would get that he was talking about the Whatchamacallit thingamabob, do the yes. like what's yeah, it. Yes, that's right.
1: Absolutely,
0: yes, that's mm, right.
1: Mm. But an Onka Paringa. I think, is a blanket. Um, maybe a manufacturer's name of blankets, I don't know. But I've never, ever heard it refer used to refer to tools and things. <laughs> very Very strange.
0: That's a great one yeah. to add to the list, yeah. Chris. Um, what words do you favour when you're trying to spit one out you can't quite remember? Oh, thingamie-bob. be Yeah, yeah. Classic. A classic. Yeah, yeah. A classic. Yeah. A classic. Yeah. True On-
1: classic. I've just remembered too, Oncoparinga is, I think, in near Adelaide somewhere. It's, it's a local government area in that area. Okay. Sort of thing. Interesting. So, one way and the other, why this bloke should choose to use that in a very, very unusual way is, uh, and again, does anyone has anyone else heard it or is
0: Yeah. yeah. If you've heard or you use Onkabaringa, uh, Onka Peringa. I mean the, there's probably so many variations of the word because once it's been heard, it's been translated and, and it's been misheard and it's been and miswritten, and miswritten and so s- what do you know? One three hundred triple two six twelve is the phone number. Um we've been talking about uh, words maybe commonly used in English English, American English, Australian English. Lee, you have an all purpose noun from another language for us. Hello.
1: Yeah, hi Kat. Hi Rolly, how are mm-hmm. you doing? Good, well, thank you. you. Yeah, uh German
0: has a uh, a version of its own called Dingspons. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So
1: yeah. Or just or just yeah. Dings by Or just by itself actually, which is yeah. a bit bit but odd dinks. because ding means thing, but dings yeah. with an s. Um and how do you spell yours? D I N G S. But of course, it translates
0: a little bit different into English. But yeah, I, yeah. I've heard it living in Germany with my husband. He always says, oh, Give me den things. Folks.
1: Yes, that's okay. right. Yep. <laughs> and
0: you like know that. exactly what he means, but
1: it's. Anything that's around you that he possibly well, could be but mean. They, it's usually you know he's looking at something, pointing at something yeah, in context. Exactly. You know what it's all about. Thank you for asking. Yeah. But this is no a dinks dinx or dinksbums, bombs, uh, which is odd. French has uh, truc, T I U C which is, can be used for any sort of object around. Mm-hmm. One that really interested me though is stuff. Oh. Because in English, there's a a real problem about uh, fewer and less at the moment.
0: Oh, yeah, because you see it at the supermarket, don't you? It's incorrect often at the supermarket. No, it
1: should be. Fewer is things that you can count.
0: Not 12 items or less.
1: That's right. Not 12 items or less. Less was things like mass things like butter or milk or whatever. But, of course, uh, less is one syllable and fewer is two syllables, and so less is getting more and more used. One area where the difference between countable and non-countable is holding up is right here in, in this area of odd odd all purpose words because stuff can only refer to something which is a mass. All right? And gizmos and things which can be plural can only refer to things which can be counted.
0: See that's interesting because I've heard the expression stuff and nonsense.
1: Oh yes that's that's
0: so is that relating to mass then or is that just sort of a vague concept of I, word I think noise? Just, it's
1: a it's a it's a phrase which would have originated Hundreds of years right. ago, and it's, a, it's what's called a fixed collocation. Okay. And there's no particular idea of, of stuff referring referring to anything in particular, just stuff and nonsense means rubbish.
0: Uh, we're getting some more uh, intelligence on the goose's bridal uh, ah, yes. expression. Uh, Lee at Holland Park writes that her grandfather loved wimwam mm-hmm. for a goose's bridal, yes. working in his shed. All this shed work up in government, I love it. Yeah. Um, Working in his shed in Grafton, oh yes, okay, down in New South Wales as
1: well. She Lovely.
0: She was born in seventy seven, mm-hmm. and her mum said he had been using it for years.
1: Yes, and of course, once you've started using it one way, I, I learnt wigwam for a goose's brighter when I was a kid in Melbourne, and it stuck. And I wouldn't comfortably say whim-wam, although I understand what it is when people use it. But uh, you know, one, once you've actually got locked into one one form of these, uh, you, you tend to stay with it.
0: Jason also writes that wig wags are a technical Ooh. term for flashing lights on signs. Oh, they
1: are indeed, yes. Those are those things which used to go, you know, one, to side, one side to the other, flashing as they go. <laughs> um wow. And I believe it might have been used for a trafficator on a car because before we had those blinking lights, there was a thing which sort of came up out of the car magnetically and then lit, lit itself up. You couldn't see very much, but it was at least showing. I'm turning right, watch out.
0: We'll take a few more calls on mm. the all-purpose words in a moment before we have your last word. Professor Rolly Sussex, 25. Minutes to three, muse at three. I'm Catherine Feeney. Call me Cat. Um, before we do get to back to the all-purpose snows, final word probably on the goose's bridle and the whim-wham, wick-whack, whatever the hell the word is that you're using. <laughs> you're uh, right. Ken on the Gold Coast, your dad had a version of the expression. What was it, Ken? Hello,
1: hello, how are you, Cat? Well, thank yeah, you. you um, yeah, Dad. Uh, Dad always uh, used that whenever we came up, especially when we annoyed him. He used to say we wom for a business vital. Mm-hmm. I think he used to say we wham, but um, oh, okay. we we say both. But mm-hmm. uh, um, I used to, I must have used to say we wham mm-hmm. because I said it the other day, and the kids uh, said, "Dad's we wham, not we wom," because I said we wom, but yeah, um, yeah. they know now. But dad just we grew up out at Miles and. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He, he used it out there, uh, and he uh, he came over to Australia in the about nineteen twenties from oh, okay. Leeds in England. So, yeah, so sometimes okay. these are these are quite local uh, pronunciation, which is just typical for a family or a, a town, a country town. Sometimes it's an area. Sometimes it's all over the country, and you wouldn't know.
0: Funny thing, yeah. language, isn't it? All of this began with the consideration of the word jawn, J-A-W-N, a word used for just about everything in Philadelphia. roly
1: Have you ever been to whoop-whoop?
0: Uh, it's way out... <laughs>
1: Somewhere, yeah. Yeah. And again, this is either you don't know where it is or it's a long way away, a bit like, you know, the other side of the black stump. Yes. Out in the boonies in America. Timbuktu was another place used to refer to some place which was very, very distant and unspecified. So we're rather good at at avoiding telling someone when we are either embarrassed or ignorant or both.
0: (laughs) We're rapidly running out of time, unfortunately, so we'll take a few calls quickly here. Mm -hmm. And uh, returning to a point made earlier about smidges and tads uh, measurement, Mm -hmm. David at Everton Hills, you've got uh, insight as to the realness of these terms and what they do equate to because they are specific, are they?
1: They absolutely are. I have measuring spoons in stainless steel for mixing colours with epoxy that you have to be very accurate with. You do, yes. A drop is one-sixty-fourth of a teaspoon. A smidgen is one-thirty-second. Hang on. One-thirty-second. He's on. writing
0: it down furiously. Yes. scribbling, yeah. David, yes. really is.
1: Yeah. A pinch is one-sixteenth. Yes. A dash is one-eighth. Mm-hmm. And a pad is one-quarter of a teaspoon. Right. I've never heard of, and this is actually written on the spoons themselves? Absolutely, embossed into them, stainless steel. Wow. Do you know how old they are? Oh, look, I I just got them from um, China. They're not very old at all, so they are actual measurements. Wow. Okay. Look, that's that's fascinating because I never knew that there was a kind of rank of these things and they're going up uh, by an order of two each time. So yep. a quarter and eighth or sixteenth and so on. Thank you very much for giving us intel that we didn't have.
0: Thank you, David, at yeah. Everton Hills, Alan at Tawant, and returning to a word we heard earlier, onka onkaparinga. Alan, you've got some familiarity, some awareness of this word. What is it?
1: Yeah. Uh, hello, Rolly and uh, Kat. Yes. Um, Hi. Yeah, onka, onkaparinga is actually, uh, well, the way, the way I've always used it is, uh, is a slang for finger. Ah, it's a bit of rhyming slang as well. Yeah, okay. rhyming slang. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because it certainly also is a place in South Australia. And I'm almost certain it's something to do with blankets and weaving. Aha. Uh-huh. So we've got three sources for this one. Thank you very much.
0: Well done, Alan. Um, as far as yonder or whoop-whoop mm-hmm. whoop or uh, sort of vague terms about distance, yes. uh, Joan wants to add a term for time, mm-hmm. uh, yonks. Oh, yes.
1: I haven't seen that for yonks. hmm and how big is a yonk? Is it is it a sixteenth of a second? I don't what
0: know. What is it exactly? What's it, Bizzo, from Billy at Harvey Bay? Yes. Uh, we've got Kevin at Brisbane. Uh, Kevin, you weren't so much familiar with geese and bridles, but your dad saw lots of men about dogs, did he? Yes. Uh, whenever he was going out, and I suspect that he
1: was going out to see his bookie at the local pub, but <laughs> where are you going, Dad?
0: I'm gone to see a man about a dog.
1: That's right. Or gone to see a man about a horse. Um, oh, yes, it could
0: be a horse, but he right. always had a dog. And these mm. phrases we never had a dog.
1: Were also <laughs> could be used. I'm going to the loo, but I don't want to use that word, so it's, it's you know, some, some, <laughs> something which sounds a little bit more serious than that.
0: It's so, yeah,
1: yes. Thanks for reminding yes. us, yes. All
0: of these vague terms, Rolly, yeah. that we have, when, when there are so many specific words we could use. Like, for example, you know, just thinking randomly here, you know, like, like scollex. Which is a very specific word that refers to a very specific thing. Yes. And I'll just say that there and we'll move on. So, 20 minutes (laughs) to three on ABC Brisbane and Queensland. Professor Rolly Sussex, it's time for your last word. I've
1: been doing things with editors recently and it struck me that the Society of Editors should be called editors, society of, the... (laughs)
0: Pleasure and a privilege as ever, Professor. Thank you so very Thanks, much Kate. for your time. Professor Roly Sussex joins you every Thursday afternoon on ABC Brisbane and Queensland. Thursday is Words Day. And you can hear Roly in conversation with you again at the same time next week. That's two o'clock on ABC Brisbane and Queensland. If you want more wordplay with Roly in between now and then, just uh, follow along the conversation on the Facebook page or subscribe to the podcast. Stay tuned to ABC Radio. Anywhere, anytime.